Hey guys, you're listening to Metal Matters, a weekly Guinea Radio podcast. I'm your host, Mike Hill. If you like metal, punk, hardcore, or anything extreme, you've come to the right place. So subscribe and never miss out. Randy and I get together to talk about Poison Ideas' classic record, Feel the Darkness. I have to admit that I was a little bit of a Johnny-come-lately with this band. Um, I didn't know about them at all during the 80s when a bunch of their records came out. It wasn't until 1990 when this record came out that they jumped into my consciousness. And um, it was mainly the title. The title, Feel the Darkness. The cover, intense, nihilistic. It seemed like a new type of punk rock music for me to check out. And once I got into the record from the opening track, Plastic Bomb, I knew I was onto something. The lyrics were about desolation, broken dreams, and the American nightmare. And I knew that I found a new band for me to totally absorb myself with. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a star rating on iTunes, share it with your friends. We're looking to grow this thing and blow it up, so any help from you guys is much appreciated. If you want to get at me, you can uh, hit me up on Facebook, Michael Hill. On Instagram, Michael underscore DC underscore Hill. Boys and Idea, Portland, Oregon. They've been around since 1980. And uh, they were a band that initially, I didn't really like them a whole lot when I first heard them, to be honest with you. But it wasn't, it wasn't until I heard this record, Feel the Darkness, that the true impact of the band actually grabbed me. I was a latecomer to Poison Idea. Yeah. They weren't a band that I loved growing up, getting into punk and hardcore and all that stuff. Uh, I, yeah, I discovered them later. I, when this record came out, uh, I wasn't even a fan of it. It, it, this record is the one record that people were like, you, you got to check this band out. And that's what really brought brought me into the fold. So, uh, you know, we're talking about Feel the Darkness, the third LP by Poison Idea, released in 1990, initially on Vinyl Solutions and American Leather. American Leather being their own label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The record clocks in at 39 minutes, 23 seconds. So it's definitely part of that old school vinyl side a side b format yes not like uh records that come out these days that are like 100 minutes long or whatever <laughs> triple lp type <laughs> you know, stuff yeah. uh track listing opens with plastic bomb we have deep sleep the badge just to get away gone for good death of an idiot blues taken by surprise allen's on fire welcome to krell Nation of Finks, Backstab Gospel, Painkiller, Feel the Darkness, and Discontent. The uh, personnel on this record is uh, Jerry A. on vocals, Mondo, guitar, and piano. Yes. Pig Champion, guitar, The Slayer Hippie on drums, <laughs> and Myrtle Tickner on bass. <laughs> that just sounds like a cast of characters. <laughs> it's like, right? The names are fucking amazing in this band man. I, always, I always thought Pig Champion was the greatest name fuck ever. yeah recorded at Sound Impressions Milwaukee Oregon engineered by Bob Stark and Tony Lash Bob Stark sounds like a fake name doesn't it 
Milwaukee, Oregon sounds like a fake place. <laughs> <laughs> but Bob Stark, that sounds like a guy like Tony Stark or some shit, you know, from like a comic book or whatever. What's the guy, uh, the name of the alleged bass player who's Greg Ginn? What's the fake bass player name? Oh, dude, you put me on the spot with that one. Uh, uh, I'm going to tell you what it is. <laughs> I can't remember what is fucking wrong with my head today. I don't know. It's on. It's on. Uh, it's on my war, right? Yeah, I have it right here. Is yeah. it easier for me to just look at the LP? I use that name all the time too, which is hysterical to me. Dale Nixon. Ah. That would be Dale Nixon, the uh, fake bass player on My War. <laughs> right. That's actually Greg Ginn. So, yeah, it sounds like a band filled with Dale Nixon. <laughs> but I feel like this record for the band is uh, kind of a departure because, uh, you know, Poison Idea started off as like a you know, raw punk band. But 1983's uh, Pick Your King, 87 War All the Time, that kind of saw them going more in this kind of heavy rock sort of like... Like, that record sounded good, you know what I mean? Right, right. And, uh, and it had, like, a, a different vibe than, uh, than Pick Your King. The second guitar player, I believe, was added. And guitar solos came with that, correct? Yeah, you know, and and it's, you know, it's like, I think it's no surprise to people that uh, the records I gravitate more towards have more of, like, a metal, like, kind of rock-like feel to them than, like, the raw punk sort of stuff, which I like. But in the case of Poison Idea, that's what really got the hooks in me is when I started hearing like guitar solos and yeah. you know kind of more metal type production, you know that kind of thing. And um, back back in the '80s and the '90s, most people were, were like very critical of the metal inf- influence on punk and hardcore. Yeah, it was it was not as pre- I mean I guess it was, but then it wasn't a lot of ways as prevalent as it is today. Like people don't even give that shit a second thought. Now, no, you know. Um, I mean, there's the whole crossover scene, obviously, which before this. Yeah, and we covered that. We did. We did cover that. Early episode of this podcast. Right. I wouldn't go as far to say, this still sounds like a punk record to me. Oh, it's definitely not crossover. No. no, no, I'm not trying to frame it like that at all. But uh, production-wise, and there is guitar solos on this. Yeah. So it does have a metal feel, for sure. And one of the things I'm going to say about Poison Idea, and specifically this record, is that I feel like the whole genre of Japanese hardcore, like uh, that was a Burning Spirit, that stuff that they have, like uh, bands like Deathside and uh, uh, Gauze. I would say more like Deathside. Those bands exist because of Poison Idea. Well, shit, I don't know the timeline on that. I mean, yeah, Poison Idea was around before Deathside, right? Yeah. Um, before I step my fucking make an ass out of myself, <laughs> double check that. <laughs> Is it all right to mention uh, another podcast? On yeah, here? man. Sure. Because there's a there's a good two part interview with Jerry. Oh a. shit, dude! All right, we have to like redo that. Deadside, Waste to Dream, 1989. Was it really? Yeah. See, I would. Oh, shit. All right. Who is the Who's the other band? Gizem. Gizem. They're they're more like. They're like a heavy metal band. Almost. All right, let's just fucking let me go back to this here. 
Now, initially, I thought that a lot of those Burning Spirits bands in uh, Japan, such as Deathside, owed a lot to this band. So it's, But it is possible that they might have discovered Poison Idea around the same time. But the uh, Wasted Dream Deathside record came out in like 1988, which right. is two years before this record. Uh, I, I don't know about the rest of the guys in Poison Idea, but I, I listened to a, a pretty in-depth interview recently with Jerry A. And he, those guys and him were very informed on Japanese hardcore. Really? Yeah. So you think that it might have been the other way around? Uh, I think so. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah, because like if you listen to the early Death Side records or any you know anything from their period, it's like there's these like long intros and right. guitar solos and that that kind of song structure going on. Right. Um, yeah, there's a there's a great two part interview with uh, Jerry A. It was like late last year on a, on a podcast called "Turned Out a Punk," uh, where he he talks about going back and getting all those old Japanese records and old uh, Swedish records. He was a record collector. Yeah, I can see the Swedish influence, like like uh, Anti Simax and stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, you know that kind of like. Uh, proto db kind of stuff right 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 Ex- yeah, exactly yeah. exactly i know a lot of db kids like poison idea you know yeah I mean? yeah like a lot uh, of kids like the, the more later the later era of those dudes poison idea i feel in a lot of ways is like the punk rock version of motorhead yeah yeah sure like i know but they covered a lot of motorhead songs early, yeah. early on but what i feel like i don't mean it like that so much sonically although there is a you could draw a line there it's like they're like the the band that's okay for everyone to like. And I can we see that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, especially when this record, this record, I think is one of those records, almost like Ace of Spades, but on a smaller level, you know. Sure. Uh, I remember riding around in the van with you last summer, yep. and we put this record on. And oh yeah. The other guys are total metalheads. Yeah, like they metalheads, like they don't listen to anything but metal. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they were like knew this record and dug this record. Yeah, it's like a universal. You right. Know what I mean? Right. But going back to, um, you know, like 1990, when this album came out, like I, I'd heard about Poison Idea, and I thought the name, it was, it was a cool name, you know. Um, I heard some of the earlier stuff, and I was like, you know, it's all right. It's pretty cool. It didn't really grab me. But when Feel the Darkness came out, it was the title that grabbed me. I could see that. You know, I was like, feel the darkness. And then, like, around that time, I was feeling a lot of darkness. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. And um, so, I, you know, I picked it up and, um, you know, got into it. And I thought it was pretty awesome. And I thought that, like, one of the things I liked about it was that... All right, let's talk about darkness, okay? <laughs> Just in general. Okay. There's, uh, you know, if you're if you're into black metal or, you know, like like satanic stuff, you know, there's like Slayer, Darkness, they talk about Satan, you know, and the black metal talks about the abyss and like all this like, you know, heavy duty, like, you know, imagery. Right. But the darkness that Poison Idea touches on is a darkness that the everyman can understand. You know what I mean? Totally, man. It's totally. like the dark feelings you get when you can't pay your rent. You know, the darkness of being addicted to drugs. The darkness of like not having any options in life. Like, that's that's kind of like that's like the vibe of the band. I think in a lot of ways. I agree. I, same feeling I get when I listen to like My War. Yeah, that kind of darkness. Exactly. Right. 
You know, it's this sort of um, malaise of like the wandering like young man through the American desolation. You know what I mean? Yeah, the you against everybody kind yeah. of mentality. You know, and I think that um, at that particular juncture of my life, I was feeling a lot of those feelings. And when I found this record, um, it kind of like resonated with me. And then also just, you know, how, how kick-ass the songs were. You know, besides, besides from all the subject matter, the lyrics and just the overall tone and the title, like the songs were, were like rippers, you know what I mean? Yeah, they, man, they like definitely. brought it away in a way that their earlier material, I think, didn't really bring it, you know. I'm just going to go ahead and say how I came to be a fan of this record. Yeah, man, go for because it. Because I was not a fan of Poison Idea early on. I used to see the ads in Maximum Rock and Roll and see the records everywhere and was aware of the band but I was never really a fan until I heard a song called The Badge but it was not Poison Idea oh shit okay it was Pantera <laughs> that was the Crow soundtrack the right? Crow soundtrack who I'm not a fan of Pantera but I was like this song kind of kicks ass like doesn't sound like a Pantera song so I did a little research and uh, found out it was Poison Idea. That's when I went back and, and bought Field of Darkness. So I came to this way later. I mean, maybe it wasn't way later. No, it was like in the 90s. 92? Yeah, it wasn't, that wasn't that much yeah. longer after the fact. Well, that, all right. Well, still, that's when I came to be a fan of this record and go back and rediscover a kind of Poison Idea or discover a Poison Idea. 1990 was an important year, though, for me, too. It's just like... I remember this record came out, and also Remain Sedate by Rorschach came out. Fuck yeah, now that I loved. And I think the 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 one two punch of those two albums for me, like kind of like it was like a slap of reality. It was like those two albums I needed. I needed these two records in that particular point in my life. Um, I just got out of college, and it was like, yeah, I had a job and everything, but I was just kind of out of my element in a lot of ways, and discovering what life was all about and seeing that some of the aspirations and dreams you might have had as a young man most likely will never be realized you know and those two records remain sedate and feel the darkness were like you know seeing reality for the first time and understanding that you know you you can't move back you just have to keep going forward Right, and that going forward, like this kind of like uncertain, terrifying place to go, you know. And I think that this record kind of like touches on a lot of that sort of stuff. It's like a, you know, you're kind of understanding that as hard as you think life was at that particular point, that it's going to be getting a lot harder <laughs> in the coming years. What a great thing to think, huh? <laughs> Uh, those are two uh, two dark records, man. Remain Today is a very dark record. Too. <clears throat> they're they're very different records, but very they both different. came out the same year. And um, you know, also that was that was like the kind of year where, like, you know, I I moved away from I wasn't on the East Coast anymore in 1990. I was like out west, you know, out of my element, right? And um, discovering like the differences between people and and. Uh, you know, just having new experiences in life, and and these things were were uh, sort of the accompaniment to that. 
you know, and, and like, you know, I'd been coming out of college. I was kind of, you know, checking out different types of music, kind of maybe moved away from, you know, punk and hardcore, like slightly, you know, not, not too far away. But uh, I felt like in 1990, I was kind of like, eh, you know, maybe let's, you know, punk and hardcore, really, there wasn't that, you know, the Black Flag had done it, it ran its course, you know, um, you know, they were gone, you know, the Rollins band was, was around, and yep. they were doing something different, and uh, and the the whole, like, hardcore punk world was sort of, like, re- receding, you know, moving away and beyond. But then when, when these two records came out, when, and, you know, we're talking about Field of Darkness, when that came out, I was like, man, this is, like, brought me kind of back into the fold of listening to hardcore and playing punk rock music again. Right. You know? And also the fact that these guys are so fucking ugly, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were talking about 90 was a pivotal year, and, you know, there's a small age gap between us. Yeah. But, you know, by a couple of years, you know? And 93 was kind of the year for me when I started to feel the darkness uh-huh, of life. Right. Yeah. You know, like, the, you know, the possibilities becoming impossibilities yeah. and shit. So that's when I started to gravitate towards more like, you know, away from punk and hardcore into neurosis and buzz of it and just darker, more hopeless kind of music. Um, and also around the same time I discovered this record. Huh. It's funny, I have this note written down here about the badge, or I'm sorry, not the badge, uh, just to get away. Ode to being penniless and 25 in the American dream. <laughs> that's what I wrote about that. That goes hand in hand with what you were saying. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, it's it's funny how I was like, oh, I knew I knew I wrote something about, <laughs> you know. But those, I think those two are, uh, and Plastic Bomb, those three songs are like my favorites on the record. Plastic Bomb, The Badge, and Just to Get Away. And, um, yeah, just to get away, just the lyrics of that song are funny, but also very poignant in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? It's funny. I, uh, this is an, obviously we do these about records we both love. So yeah. I love every song on this record, but my three songs that I go to use are deep sleep, Alan's on fire and the song feel the darkness, the title track. Yeah. feel Yeah. That, yeah. Um, it's, they're, they're pretty great. Yeah. I love the end of deep sleep. Uh, like the last ten seconds of that song is just fucking awesome, man. Love it. The, the record, though, the beginning, Plastic Bomb. That's a pretty epic way to begin an album. Oh hell yeah, man! Yeah, it's got this long ass like uh, the you piano, know, piano intro. introduction. That's the that's the thing that got me about this album too. I was like, wow, this is like, you know, because I think I was still of the, of the mindset that um, intros like that were like a metal kind of thing. Right, right, right. You know, like these long like piano grandiose introductions were like were very very metal to me sure yeah and, and even the song plastic bomb like it, it, that that brutal like guitar thing going on in the beginning is it's kind of metal you know what i mean yeah yeah there's definitely a metal feel to this record like i said it's not crossover by any means no but it's definitely a metal feel but you know i don't want this to get lost what you said a few minutes ago about how ugly these guys were <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean you know me and neither one of us are, are particularly handsome guys either but like you know. speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like they're scary they're scary right yeah. when you heard the music and then you put the face to the music it made total sense you know some bands you hear the music and then you see the face and you're like oh, that's weird man like that guy that singer looks like that these guys are exactly what you would think they would look like. Yeah. When you hear the music. 
You know what else is trouble? Really, another really good record by them is like that uh, Blank Blackout Vacant record. Have you heard that one? Uh, I have heard it. I'm not familiar with it, though. It came out a couple of years afterwards in 92. And um, I remember uh, 92. It came out in 92, but I didn't get it until maybe a couple of years after that. Because I remember when I moved to Boston, so that was 1994. And uh, there was the Tang Record Store in Harvard Square. Yep. The kids will have their say. And uh, I remember like when I first moved to town, <clears throat> I uh, took a little, little subway ride out there. And uh, I bought this that record. And I bought a, a, a red long sleeve Poison Idea t shirt that had, um, it didn't have the Field of Darkness uh, cover on it though. It had the, uh, the one with Elvis on it, the uh, Pick, Pick Your, Your King. King. Pick Your King. Yeah. Which was not what I wanted. I wanted the Field of Darkness right. artwork. And it was red, <laughs> which was not the color I wanted either. But I wanted, I just wanted a fucking Poison Idea t shirt. They only had red with the wrong record on it. But nonetheless, I ended up buying that and I bought that, that, you know, uh, blank vacant record. And it was, it was good. Even more rock and roll than this album. I got to revisit that. I, I, yeah, I've heard good. it, but it's been a long, long time. I'm going to, I'm going to list some of the bands that have, that have covered them by the grace of God. That's one of your favorite bands. You know, Rob Fish is a friend of mine. And I remember, like, I went to go see them because uh, Mike Scandato's band was opening. And I saw Rob Fish. and he, Not Rob Fish. Rob Pennington. Rob Pennington. Rob yeah, Pennington. I knew you, man. Yeah. And he was, like, he was happy to see me, but he's like, he's like, what are you doing here? Was it, was it Ryan in that band, too? Patterson? No, he was in Black Cross. Oh, right. He's like, what are you doing here? Machine Head. What about, uh, they brought this up on that other podcast I mentioned earlier, but like uh, the the, uh, the the kind of beef thing with, with Ian McKay. See, I don't know anything about that. Do, uh, I think it was, the, the, didn't they do a record called Record Collectors of Pretentious Assholes? Well, and it was a cut. The original cover had like an, a guy bent over, and the asshole was Ian McKay's face. <laughs> See, now that I don't know, man. I mean, dude, that you is that true? I guess they have a, a compilation LP called Poison Idea Ian McKay. <laughs> What's that? They asked Pig Champion. Why did you use his name on the cover of the record? Pick Champion's response because he's an asshole. Oh, wow! See, see these are good things. Oh, here we go. Uh, the group released the record "Collectors Are Pretentious Assholes" twelve inch. It features that's a different substantial vinyl collection. That's a different thing. Right. So the EP is called Ian Mackay. Is the name of the EP? Okay. I was I got it confused. These guys are like. 2008, Portland police arrested Steve the Slayer Hippie Hanford, 39, in connection with a string of pharmacy robberies in late, in late summer. <laughs> That's like drugstore cowboy or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes sense. That's funny, man. It's like it makes me feel better about my life. 
You know what I mean? Knowing these guys are out there. It's like, oh, they're like you. in their 40s, like robbing pharmacies and shit and touring, <laughs> going on like long five-week tours and doing crimes and shit. Shit you might have did when you were a teenager, maybe. But I mean, as as adult men, they're doing yeah, things, yeah. which is right. like, all right, well, right. You know. Maybe my life doesn't suck you know, as bad. Isn't as bad. What do you got there in your hands, Randy? I see you got a record in your hands. I have the uh, 2018 reissue of Field of Darkness on uh, TKO Records, which is pretty uh, pretty nice, pretty hefty package. Is that 180 gram vinyl? Sure. <laughs> I think it's 400 gram. I don't know. <laughs> Sturdy. Um, I noticed something though. Looking at this, uh, you mentioned earlier the track listing. The last track was the song "Discontent." I believe the original version of this, the last track, is the title track, Feel the Darkness. I know this record has come out, I think, in many different forms over the years. And I think Discontent ended up being a bonus track on maybe a second pressing, something like that. I don't know the exact history. But this is a 2LP version, and the second LP has a lot of uh, alternative mixes, covers... Uh, and a few tracks that didn't make the record. And Discontent is on this uh, second LP. So it makes me think it wasn't originally the last track. Cool. Uh, some covers on here. Uh, let's see. Lottie Miss Claudie, which I don't know who originally did that song. I know Credence yeah. did that song. Yeah, definitely. But I think they were covering, I think that's an old blues song. Yeah, yeah. Like that. A song called Crack Smoking Freak. Wow. Don't know if that's a cover. Um, yeah, there's a different uh, mix of Feel the Darkness. We got the beat. Oh, the Go-Go's. Go-Go's. Jailhouse Stomp, which I think is probably an original, or a, a take on something else. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was just, uh, it was interesting that I think Feel the Darkness was actually the original last track. Let me take a look at this here. Yeah, sure. It's pretty cool. It's like the album cover. Is like, it's got this cool like foil... Skull rings, things like that. Yeah, it's really, it's a really nice package and some really stunning imagery inside of how beautiful these guys actually were. I mean, yeah. cheap. Wow. Just good looking guys. I should try to pick this up at some point. It must be, I bet it's sold out at this point, right? Nah, probably. That's the way it works these days. Vinyl, the rare commodity of the collectible <laughs> vinyl that comes out these days. I was working at a record store in the fall and it just happened to come in and I was like, oh shit, I need to buy that. So I did. That was probably a good move. Yeah, because I haven't seen it much around. I didn't even know it came out. I didn't know it was coming out either. Until it showed up. Showed up on the shelf one day. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are. We were talking about you know these guys were looked like they lived pretty hard um, earlier, and there's a lot of imagery in here and pictures of you know them drinking hard, bleeding. You know, it's uh, it's fitting. They don't make bands like Poison ID anymore, really. No, they sure don't. Or maybe they do, and I just don't know about it. <laughs> no, I don't think they do. I think, you, I think you're initially right. And, you know, bands nowadays don't come with the controversy that they used to. That's true. Like, who now would release a, a record with a giant picture of a close-up of an asshole on it and call it the Ian Mackay 12-inch? You know, I'm not surprised that Poison Idea and Ian Mackay might not have seen eye to eye on most things. <laughs> yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, uh, you know, when I, you know, 
Pig Champion was asked about this record. These guys have been asked about this record a lot, but one thing I read in particular, um, you know, said, so why, uh, why would you do that and use Ian Mackay's name? And his response was, because he's an asshole. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you know, who knows, like, how serious these guys are probably just, you know, trying to get under people's skin. But uh, he basically said, you know, quote, it was quoted as saying, he's a figurehead for everything we're against. I kind of see that, though, in a way, because, um, right. <laughs> I mean, these guys, to me, seem like um, these, like, Luciferian figures, like, moving through the world, um, you know, with very little regard for... Um, Right or wrong, you yeah. Know what I mean, or or doing things to excess, such yeah. as drinking, drugging, and I, and I feel like Ian Mackay, though I have never met the man, I'm just familiar with him through his work, has a very dogmatic viewpoint on the world, or did at one point, because I know that you know people change, but you know to write a you know a song called Straight Edge. Right. I think that might be diametrically opposite to what Poison Idea might have stood for. That's know? safe to say. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I have to say, too, I mean, I I want to like Fugazi more than I do, actually. You know, I'm talking about, once again, we're going off topic here, but we're talking, since, you know, there's a peripheral reference here to Ian Mackay, I'm going to take this as a cue to, uh, to speak a little bit about Ian Mackay, like, I respect Ian Mackay more than I think I like his music, with the exception of Minor Threat. I think Minor Threat is amazing. They're great. They're like one of my favorite all-time bands. Sure, you know? sure. But I, I feel like I just can't relate to it. I'm not going to say it's good or bad. I'm just saying for me, Mike Hill as an individual, I don't really um, relate to most of Ian Mackay's output. Well, we agree on most things, but I disagree with you on this one. Okay. I, I'm a huge Fugazi fan. I think they were one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Um, did you ever get a chance to see them live? Yeah, I saw them live once. And you know who opened for them? Sam Black Church. That's cool. Yeah. That's Sam cool. Black Church are great. They're a great um, live band, too. Yeah, and I mean, I have nothing but respect for Ian and the way he conducts everything. But with the Fugazi thing, I think they're a phenomenal band. But, you know, they had... They're a very political band in a lot of ways, and like they were able to do things like the whole five dollar show thing. And uh, not every band can do that. No, not every every band could operate like that. I I think it's awesome that he was in a position where they he could operate like that. You know, not demand, sell merch, right? Not sell merch. Demand the door is a certain price. Demand everything's all ages all the time. Not everyone has that power. You know, so. As much as I respect them for that, it's hard for the common musician to operate that way. Yeah, I know. If, if we didn't sell merch, we'd, I'd probably st I'd be starved to death. Like, right. I think you, know. you could say that for 99 or 100% of bands that operate yeah. today. You know, um, yeah, getting off the topic, it's, it's fine. That's what we do. You know? <laughs> Still talking about music, right? Um, yeah, I, I am a big Fugazi fan, but I, yes, it's like. These two, you know, entities could not be more different. Oh, yeah. 100%. You know? um, Pig Champion was also uh, in that same little piece I was reading. He said, maybe the third or fourth pressing should be called the Ray Capo 12-inch. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think you get a point where he's, where he's going. Yeah. There have been a, 
a group of bands, a whole slew of bands that have covered songs off of this record too. Some bands like unlikely bands, you know, right. such as By the Grace of God, they have a cover of Plastic Bomb. Machine Head has a cover of Allen's on Fire. We mentioned Pantera, Pantera with their uh, cover of the Badge from the Crow soundtrack. Pulling Teeth, Alan have, have a cover of Allen's on Fire. Are you familiar with them? Pulling Teeth, uh, I think the Baltimore band. Yeah, it's like one of the dudes from that band is actually in Integrity now. Oh, uh, D- Dom. Yeah. Who used to run A389, yep. I He's think, in Integrity. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Turbo Negro, Just to Get Away, one of my favorite songs. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, so there's been a bunch of, you know, they're, they're, their reach is is long. And I know that they did a split seven inch with uh, Kill Your Idols uh, from New York. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like that came out later, much later. Okay. And I know for a fact, since I know the, the band pretty well, that kill your idols are huge poison idea fans. And you can tell by listening to them that they're influenced by it. Right. Idea. I can see that, you know, um, and officially, I guess the band broke up in 1993, but then they restarted in 98, started doing shows again. And then, um, pick champion, whose real name is uh, Tom Roberts, passed away in January 31st, 2006, at the age of 47 years. It's young. Yeah, I mean, you know, but once again, man, it's like, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword, you know? It's like, right? you know, you, I'm not, I'm obviously I'm not judging anybody, but it's like, you know, you, you, you uh, pick a certain libertine lifestyle to live, and you probably won't be around for very, very long. You probably have a, a life that is, uh, you know, in line with your lifestyle. Right. You know, and once again, I'm not judging anyone for what their choices are, but, uh, but you know, it's, uh, if you don't take care of yourself, you, you end up not being around for, for very long. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's a, you know, that's a choice you make, obviously. I mean, uh, what was the cause of, was it a heart attack? Uh, they, well, the, what I've seen that there is undetermined natural causes, you know, so it's probably, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like heart attack, liver failure, like, I don't know, like something like that. All that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, as much as we both love this record and love this band, neither one of us have ever seen this band. Nope. I never saw them play live. Not even in the, in the later post-98 version of the band. No. No. I, I mean, I know they toured a lot. I don't, I feel like I don't remember them. I remember them playing. I remember them playing at CBs, and I remember not going because I felt it was like a reunited band in some ways. And and I, I had this, um, and for better or for worse, my my thoughts on this. And I and I and I am a little hypocritical because there are some bands like Rorschach that I did see right. when they reunited. But I kind of felt like if you're a band, you're out there doing your thing, you got this legacy, and then you you reform, and then you come out again, and you, you know. I'm like, I'm not really down with that. You know what I mean? And I, and, and I, for right or wrong, I'm not saying this is right or a wrong way to look at things. It's just my personal viewpoint on it. I, um, I think that's why I didn't go see Poison Idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, you know, these guys did their thing. At the time, they, didn't, they hadn't put out that new record, I think. Right. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. This is just kind of like a, like a money thing, maybe, you know? And I just didn't want to have be part of that kind of stuff, you know? And like... And that, once again, when CBs started closing, when they had their 
closed, you know, the closing. Yeah, yeah. All these bands came out of the woodwork to reform, and I was like, man, this is like not really what I'm into at all. It, was it part of that whole thing? It, I don't remember it being part of that, but I remember like that was like the, the era of when CBS was closing, and you yeah, know, there was like leeway reunions, like all these like yeah, yeah bands yeah. were starting to get together again and play, and it was like, and then they just stayed together, and it just made me feel I had a weird feeling about all that kind of stuff. Right, right. I know, yeah, but Poison Idea did go on to make quite a few records yeah. after that. Actually, and that, yeah. and that's that's like why I probably should have seen him. Like I probably should have right. checked him out during that period. Right. I know I know they played when they released the last record on the one that came out on Southern Lord. Uh I know they did a Boston show and I didn't go. I, I mean I didn't feel the same way, but I was just like, eh, I feel like this just might not be good. Going back to the original um you know, point I was making about Feel the Darkness, it's like the Mike Hill of 1990 is a different Mike Hill than the version that is around today. Right. And definitely a different version of me that was around in 2007 or whatever, 2005. Right. And um, that that era of my life, I feel like, was kind of, Poison Idea wasn't necessarily part of that, you know, that, that vibration that I was living in at that particular point. And that's why I think I wasn't interested in seeing him play live. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can't always relive that, those feelings, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, but Fuel of the Darkness, 1990, that was exactly what I needed to hear at exactly that time, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's been, there's been a lot of records like that. Like Black Flag hit me at exactly the right time in my life too. You know? Right. And, um, you know, that's just kind of, you and I actually went to that Black Flag reunion <laughs> and I kind of wish we hadn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you there. You know, and it was like, and we both went into that knowing what it was probably not going to be very good. I don't think we had very high hopes yeah. going in. Well, they're coming back again. <sighs> so. Really? Yeah. Who's who's uh, singing? Uh, Mike Vallali. Okay, so Mike V's still doing that? Yeah. Interesting. The rhythm section, I have no idea. Well, one of those guys died, right? I think so. The bass player might have passed I, away, I, too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Damn. I think so. Yeah, I noticed they just announced a tour. It looks like a lot of uh, second, third markets. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, you never know what you're going to get through these reunions. Or sometimes you do know what you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Fuel the Darkness um, by Poison Idea. Another classic record in the uh, Metal Matters pantheon of classic records. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode of Metal Matters, a Gimme Radio weekly podcast. Tune in next week and see what we have in store for you. The show is available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, etc. Also, be sure to check out Gimme Radio, streaming on the web, iOS, or Android. For one of the best metal communities, exclusive merch, interviews with artists, and so much more. I'll catch you guys next week. Take care. Just gotta go No looking back, moving on the power
sort of unique hardcore. Oh, fuck that. I'm gonna say it like these motherfuckers. You want me to just do it? Do you have no, something to say? I don't know. Yeah, all right. <laughs> do we do all right with our. Yeah. I mean, like, <coughs> it's like when it's all said and done, it'll be about 40 minutes. Yeah. This is cool. You like to keep them about 40 minutes, right? Something, yeah. Like, yeah. sometimes it's cool to be. It's like some just don't have much to say about it, man. And I don't want to drag it on. Right, right. You know, I think, yeah, I think like the last, we're about between 40 minutes and an hour.